Welcome to the Liberty Block. I'm Elliot Axelman. We are joined today by Kelly Potenza, one of the great passionate pro-liberty activists and anti-coronafascism activists over the past few months, especially in New Hampshire. Kelly, thank you very much for coming on the show. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. We have a lot of news this morning and only little time. So let's get right into it. What's the latest with Dictator Sununu? What happened yesterday at the meeting? It was yesterday, right? Because it seems like it's been a long time already since then. No, no, it's actually today's Friday. So it was on Wednesday. I know. Uh, Wednesday, it seems like... yeah. <laughs> so um, the, the greatest thing is, is that we're getting we're getting national attention on all of this. So, um, you know, we, we needed something, right? Because we've been going through um, this entire tyranny um, with COVID um, with our governor since it all started in March of 2020. And so we've been fighting, trying to spread truth and all of this, um, you know, for 18 months. And so here we are, this finally, we, um, we stand together with many different freedom groups in the state in trying to fight just this, this one element, right? Now, in, a, in the sense of the money that came in through the state, which was, you know, over a billion dollars, um, you know, this 27 million, which was broken up into two parts, basically, that was coming in from the feds um, to promote further um, tracking, tracing, you know, their whole vaccine registry, as well as promoting people that have decided that they don't want to get the shot, um, you know, in that, in, in more, I call it COVID porn, in a sense, um, to happen. So this 27 million has been going on for the last couple of weeks. There was the first executive council meeting where, um, you know, in some ways it was unfortunate that it got shut down. But now it was a blessing in disguise. And the reason why is because I don't think um, what would have taken place on Wednesday would have happened unless that, um, that happened. So it was really boxing um, Dictator Sununu in a corner to show his true colors. So this 27 million then went to the fiscal committee and they could have killed it there after, you know, this was a couple of weeks ago after it worst, after we shut down the executive council meeting and went to fiscal, they, could have killed it then, but they didn't and they tabled it. So the meeting was two weeks later on, on October 13th, which was a couple of days ago. And when the meeting was already on a calendar, this October 13th meeting. So after we got the one shut down or well, it got shut down. I didn't get it shut down, but <laughs> several different people did. Um, at St. Anselm's, the Institute, St. Anselm College, the Institute of Politics location, uh, it was supposed to be at UNH. And so the governor decides that he's going to um, all of a sudden remove, because it had to have been him, remove that location. So it was on the calendar of it being at UNH, their next council meeting. And then um, lo and behold, there's nothing on there. It says uh, to be determined. And actually in another place, it said governor on the road, whatever that meant. And um, so we waited and waited. And then finally, I think it was on, uh, it was last Friday, last Friday or Saturday, it got posted and it said it was going to be that the, at the Pol New Hampshire Police Training and Standards Center, which is um, where, as you know, it's, um, it's, a, it's a whole entity of a huge building that has, um, you know, kind of like an open room uh, with, there's got a little stage on it. It's um, like an open 
auditorium type. So they're, they do a lot of different things there, of course, for training, training state police and, 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 um, and then of course, just regular, the academy is there as well. So we have it there. There's no, of course, breakfast meeting, which is what they usually have. And it's at 10 o'clock. And so most people got there at eight 30 or nine o'clock. We were all outside and, and talking to each other. And, um, as people were gathering and now this building is completely huge. So there should have been, you know, plenty of room for all of us to be fit into there. This is a public meeting and that's uh, public access. And that's by law that we have a right to be watching what our government is doing. Um, and we should have a right to speak, but at executive council meetings, there's no public comment. And so we couldn't say anything. We wanted to make sure that we were in there and um, and doing it the right way. So everybody stayed um, for the most part, pretty quiet. There were a couple of oohs and ahs and stuff like that when there were some things that were said, um, you know, up through the governor and the council and stuff, but we just, you know, we, we kept it in check. And so they let only a hundred and I think it was 173 was the number inside the room. And, um, you know, we got in, uh, we said the pledge of allegiance and during the, this is how the meeting started during the pledge of allegiance. We all got very loud and very proud, you know, with liberty and justice for all. And we all screamed that very loudly and then cheered. And the governor basically told us to um, sit down and shut up. It was, you can't even make it up. It's all on video, which is just fantastic. And so an hour and gosh, like an hour and a half in the meeting, uh, there was, you know, some things that were being discussed, um, some other stuff that, of course, this money came through, other federal money thing, um, you know, these vaccine vans that are going to go around and knock on people's doors, I guess, um, you know, the, the people that they think don't have access or whatever, they were talking about it being um, some of the elderly, but it, then you've got the uh, commissioner of, I think that's her title, of Lori Chivinette of DHHS that's talking about, she kept talking about five to 11 year olds, five to 11 year olds. So these vaccine vans that they're going to have driving around injecting people that have already decided, you know, there's about 35, maybe 40% of New Hampshire that's decided they don't want the shot. Um, but we're not going to just take that. We're going to continue to force it down their throat no matter what and take federal money to do so, with has, which has strings attached huge strings attached in taking this money. So the vaccine van stuff, actually, um, uh, it got passed. I wasn't in the room for that because that was when, right when that stuff was going on is pretty much when people started to get arrested. So um, that 13 million, they had 2 million to do a vaccine van before. And then and within four months, Lori Shibbett asks for $13 million to have more vans. Um, and unfortunately how that vote turned out we had um, Councillor Wheeler and Councillor Gatsis that voted no in our favor. But um, we had, of course, uh, Stevens and Kenny that stabbed us in the back for that vote. Um, so nobody's really talking about that. But the 27 million, just because, of course, that was what was everywhere. I mean, we're talking about probably tens of thousands of emails and texts and I mean, just that went on. And of course, you know, other protests and, you know, at from Therese Grinnell, who's a nurse that's been very, very vocal. And she's been on the corners to, um, you know, my girlfriend, Claudine, that is 
organized protests over at Wentworth Douglas. They call it the Dover Corner, the Concord Corner. They've had all these different corners throughout the state. You've got David LaRue that was doing protests up at Dartmouth-Hitchcock, um, you know, from 8.3 liter. And so there's just been so much about this 27 million to hire 13 DHHS employees. And so um, that was really the focus of the meeting. So at this point in time, when they're talking about, you know, vaccine bans and all of that, the whole group who was, you know, it, it probably took all the life out of me not to start screaming at these um, psychopaths, but I just, we all like locked arms and we turned our backs on them and we stood there silently. And then when one of the executive counselors, which I think was uh, Wheeler and Gatsis were actually speaking up. And, you know, asking some accountability to say, okay, well, you know, what is this money going to be used for? Why are we giving you this money? And, you know, you, you just got $2 million for this van. And how do we know it was even, you know, um, um, effective or any of that? And now you're asking for $13 million more. So at that point in time, the crowd, which was good, you know, we kind of turned around and we started sitting back down in our seats. And the governor is there and he is... He's got some texting going on, which he can't do. It's against the law, actually, at a public meeting. You can't have your personal cell phone um, doing that. And so he's got a couple of text messages going on. He's got, you know, there's a period of time where he has a little smirk on his face. He actually has his attorney general comes over and whispers in his ear. And then like clockwork, um, the state police. Um, oh, let me back up a little bit. While we were all standing up, it was really interesting that the state police started to kind of like um, go down all of the aisles and stuff like that. And so, and then, um, you know, we turned around, we sat down and then more came out and just started tapping people on a shoulder. So they first um, tapped uh, Frank and Therese, uh, two activists and uh, that had been very vocal throughout this, but they weren't then, they were just sitting quietly. And so they tapped them on the shoulders and they took them out back. And so now to say out back, if you were in this, you know, think of it like a, uh, think of it like an open sort of gymnasium. They had it blocked off with like a partition, you know, those um, like they do when they're breaking them off in a gymnasium and they want one court to play and the other court, to, you know, to be separated or whatever. So they have this, I don't even know what you want to call it, a curtain, right? So behind that curtain, there was rumblings, by the way, as well, that were going on behind that curtain. And we, we heard them. Some people have some pictures of um, behind that curtain, which is actually really great. So we have, um, we have evidence of this as well. So if they didn't have that curtain there, all of those folks that had been waiting outside that didn't have access to come in, they could have been in there for the meeting. So this had to have been all planned. And so there was at one point in time, some people said 200, some people said 150 people outside that were just waiting there with their signs or whatever that wanted to come in. And so they could have accommodated all those people, but they didn't because they had this curtain. And behind that curtain was another more than a dozen state troopers, sheriffs, and a whole slew of um, sheriff paddy wagons, because I guess they were planning on arresting everybody in that um, entire I guess everybody in that entire building. So, um, 
you know, that's where, you know, it was planned. And if you just look at the makeup of how it was in the room where there was, we were limited to have 173, they had a space for the press, which was wide open, tons of seats available, which they could have brought more people, um, you know, just regular people that wanted to view versus the press. So they left them all wide open there with, with tons more than, I'd say more than 20 extra seats available, as well as then um, to the to the left of the stage where you had some um, other commissioners and other town officials that were there at the meeting and they had some empty seats there. But then surrounding the entire room was more than 25 uh, state troopers. Um, and so these state troopers were, most of them were, I would say 23 of them were all in uniform. Then there were many um, other state troopers and police that were just in plain clothes. Um, you had the uh, governor's like state police detail, which are in you know plain clothes as well. There was um, at least four of them. Um, what else? Oh my gosh, you had the you had Dick Tracy, who was the uh, he's the criminal investigator for the New Hampshire Department of Justice. He was there along with some of his other minions that were recognizable. Then even on the outside of the building, there was another four or five state troopers on the outside. And then in the hallway, like you walk into the building, there's like this hallway before you go into the room that we were in. That was another, I don't know, five or six state troopers there. And then behind that curtain, you had more than a dozen. I mean, what the governor did was literally set us up. He thought that he could have us all arrested and keep us silenced. And it created, I mean, it was, it, it was like the Stasi. It was literally like, it's nothing that you could ever even imagine unless you were there. And a whole police state. And I, at that moment, I realized what is going on. And so they tapped those two people on the shoulder when we turned around and sat down. And then they... Um, and so when that happened, they brought them in that back room. And so then they realized that, you know, Therese and Frank were getting arrested. And so they yelled out, they yelled out, um, shut it down and I'm getting arrested. And so then now, mind you, I think what the plan was would have been so many of the people that were just sitting there would have risen up, but we didn't. And it's actually a good thing that all those people didn't because then we would all be arrested. But there was a, um, uh, then AJ Todd lift, you know, there's a video of him. You see his hands lifted up and he's like, why are you arresting them? So he said that, and then he got arrested. And then his wife, Marilyn Todd, same thing. She, she's got her, she's got her son in her arms and she's getting very emotional. And because of course they're arresting, you know, um, the father in front of her son. And it was just, uh, it was, it was crazy. And so she says this, you know, she basically speaks up as well and, um, and says, you know, why are you doing this or something like that? Then they um, take her with, along with her son um, that she's got, of course, she's holding in his arms and takes, takes them behind the curtain. And then um, there's, and then it was actually, they meant to arrest me. There's no doubt in my mind. I, there's no way that the woman, so she was like six inches from me. She was directly sitting behind me. So there was just these folding chairs. And at that point in time, I was standing because of what was going on. And so that woman, the 70 year old woman that was sitting behind me, she was just sitting. And 
quiet sitting and they came over the police pointed and there's a video which shows the police pointing and it kind of looks as if he's pointing at me but the other state troopers that were kind of on the aisle grabbed this woman that was sitting um a seven-year-old woman that was sitting in her seat dragged her out of her seat I mean her shirt came up and so she started she was just like I wasn't doing anything. Why are you arresting me? And she's in a sense resisting, which she should. And they're dragging her out. Now, at that point in time, you can hear me on one of the videos. I'm like, I was just saying, what is going on? They weren't doing anything. They were sitting there and I was freaking out. And so at that point, I realized that it was for me, but whatever I, it, it had to have been. And so, you know, God bless me for not getting, so I could speak to this and speak truth to everybody that's um, that's now trying to, uh, that's trying to expose and this, thank God for all these videos and everything that's going viral and all the national news that's going viral. So it's, it's fantastic in that regard. And then I've got a, I set up a give, send, go page and we've already got uh, well over $7,000 to help fund. And I actually think that there's not going to be any charges, even though they're saying disorderly conduct and resisting arrest for some of these people, uh, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they'll all get dropped and then this money can just be used for these nine to collaborate to um, sue the New Hampshire State Police for wrongful arrest and all of that. So, so this $27 um, million dollar grant that the federal government was offering and Dictator Sununu has been pushing very strongly for the executive council to accept it and for the fiscal committee to accept it for the past few months. What has people concerned is that if the New Hampshire state government votes to accept the funds it, it, uh, in the grant, it binds us to the federal government to assist them with um, vaccine propaganda, increasing vaccination rates, and assisting the federal government with all future HHS orders, according to the HHS secretary federally. So it ties us to DC politicians indefinitely, and it says we have to help them with everything, including, and it actually says isolated, isolation and quarantine, right? Correct. Yep. So kind of sounds like competition games. Yeah. And, you know, the good thing that is, um, so all of these states have taken in all of this money, right? And it has this language in here. It has some, it, it depends on what you're looking at for um, specifically, like, so for example, it depends on what you're looking at for, for whatever it was. We, we've taken in money this entire time. There's many, many other states that have taken in money this entire time as well that says it's, it's for X, Y, Z, which then when you read it in detail, like it says it's something that's outside that's not even related to COVID, but then they bring all COVID and then they realize that it's all COVID and then they just throw in another, um, another couple words. Like for example, we took money in, I forget when it was now, it was maybe a couple months ago under the guise of STDs. And it has nothing to do with STDs at all. It's um, literally through the American Rescue Act and, and it's, it's COVID money and everything in there talks about COVID and it has that same language in there. So, you know, these things have been done behind the backs of the people and so much of this money was taken in and, and delegated out because we were shut down. Our legislature was shut down. There's never, there hasn't been any redress of grievances. Everything that's been done is, is truly, um, you know, you've got one man that's controlling all three branches of government in the state. He actually has been for a long time, just through, you know, stuff that he has going on. That's so why we call him dictator. A, whole, a dictator is yeah. a person who rules all of government without any room for legislature or other parts of government. Correct. And so COVID caused that. COVID caused that, that shutdown. And so, of course, 
there's still many, many people that are, that are asleep about this. And, and more of, of course, the beauty of what happened, the beauty of this whole thing that, that went down and us rejecting, literally being probably one of the only states that we are the only state as of now, I believe. Yeah. That rejected rejected this money. Correct. Now, there's many other agreements and contracts or grants or whatever throughout this entire pandemic that have that we've accepted in New Hampshire. So we're not out of, you know, it's not as if we're not going to be, you know, thrown into forced isolation or FEMA camps or whatever it may be. I'm not saying that because we've already accepted all of this money. The beauty of it is, is this 27 million. This is our this is our shining star to wake people freaking up. And that's really what it comes down to. So I want to talk about the arrests. Nine people were arrested. They were all literally sitting quietly for hours, sitting just in an like boring when they were in a meeting, just sitting down doing nothing quietly. And then the goons, the essentially who who are becoming Nazis, the dictator's own enforcers came and just tapped them on the shoulder, walked them out and arrested them. And again, you said there might not be charges filed. That doesn't matter. They already were punished. They, They were assaulted by men with guns. They were, I assume, uh, arrested and brought to a police station, meaning hours of their life. They were detained. They were kidnapped by armed men who are criminals. They already were punished. Even if there aren't charges, still there is punishment and someone has to pay for these these false bogus arrests. And all these state cops need to go to prison with with Sununu. So the nine who were arrested, it seems like it was pretty targeted. It was Therese and Frank, who are two of the biggest activists against Sununu for the past few months in support of freedom and against corona fascism, against the dictator. It was supposed to be you, but they pointed to someone who was right next to you, and they took the wrong one, the 70-year-old who they roughed up. And it was a few others who were involved in election integrity activism. Yes. So, of course, yeah. So Frank, that was he's been... He's been basically Frank has been protesting in regards with the governor. Uh, it goes all the way back to um, the mask mandate. So, you know, if we, we go back to the beginning of COVID, you know, the governor's postured this entire time and has lied and lied and lied to the people. He goes on this. I, I would never do that. I would never institute a mask mandate, people's personal choice and blah, blah, blah. So he also never gave anybody guidance to say, you know, you know, there's never anything about, um, you know, that people have undiagnosed, um, you know, it, everything that he's listened to this entire time is the fake narrative. So, but he gets elected in November. And I knew this, I knew somebody that was on the inside that has um, worked with the governor for the last couple of years and basically told me that, and I told so many people that I could listen because I'm like, don't vote for that guy. Don't vote for that guy. He's going to stab you in the back. I'm telling you right now. And lo and behold, he gets elected and there you go. We've got a mask mandate. And so at that point, um, Frank and absolute defiance and a whole group of them started to protest at the governor's house. And so now, mind you, that created some rifts between the freedom groups in New Hampshire that said that they shouldn't do that. But guess what? We haven't had any. Nobody's listening to us. Nobody's been listening to us at all at that point. I mean, they, we have um, no redress of grievances. We can't freaking we can't go at all to any sort of um, um, uh, public offices. You can't go to the Capitol. You, nobody's returning calls. There's nothing. Every, the legislature was shut down. So yeah, uh, where else are you going to go? He's doing official business from his home. So they went there. And mind you, they had a prayer vigil and all of that. They didn't do anything that was, they held, held signs. Um, they sang songs. Um, but yeah, they got all ticketed and arrested. And then the governor's Um, the governor's brother that lives in Newfields, New Hampshire, 
did an illegal ordinance in like the late at night or whatever you want to call it. So that uh, an illegal town ordinance. So you're not allowed now to pick it in, in Newfields in a neighborhood. So, which is all, I mean, which is being going to be fought in court and all of that. But this is what I'm saying. This is truly that fascism. This is what a dictator does, right? You've got a, you've got a family that has been, um, you know, uh, old money establishment, mm -hmm. uh, fake Republicans for a long time now. They're really globalists and that's what they do. And so Frank, Frank's had this fight. Frank's been arrested before, um, you know, because of that reason um, on the governor's, like in his circle or whatever, where he lives. And so he's been a target for a long time. Therese is a nurse and, you know, she's just become awake of all of this stuff over the last, you know, couple months. And with everybody, with all her, you know, her friends and all of that, and then seeing what's gone on, seeing what um, these jabs have done to, you know, her patients and other people and, and just, yeah, she's watched people die from this and that not getting reported and all of that. She's seen this firsthand. She's also, you know, watching everyone that, you know, they have children and losing their livelihoods and all of that. So, I mean, she's been vocal. She started her little protest on the Concord Corner, which is right near Concord Hospital and Dartmouth Hitchcock. And, um, and then, you know, it grew from just grew from just her to 10 to 15. At one point, this probably was, you know, at one night, there was like 150 or 200 people out there on that corner and good for her. And so she's done all of that, which has been amazing. And she's got all these healthcare workers that are losing their jobs because there's no such thing as a religious exemption anymore. There's no such thing as a medical exemption. You can't get one in the state. I mean, it's this this whole cabal that is just. So I know why sick. Sununu had his his armed enforcers arrest Therese and Frank because they they are yep. big opponents so of the So then you've fascism. got yeah. Why did he Frank. arrest so then, the people? The other targeted people, you know, that he had arrested were involved in in election integrity. Why would he arrest them? What what's his issue with election integrity? That's what I'm trying to figure out. He was elected so, yeah. by so a massive you, margin, sixty to thirty. Yes. So, um, but he didn't. So we won't get into that. So um, the only way that I can really describe, because it's, 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 that's such a long, we'd be on here for an hour talking about this when it comes to election integrity. We've been talking about this for a long time, meaning we, there's been many, many people that have been talking about how, how our process has been broken for, so I'd love to say, I'd love to give a shout out um, to, to, to Daniel Richard. I'd love to give a shout out to David Strang. And even, you know, folks that have, that have really been um, a vocal on everything that had to do with Wyndham and um, the anomaly that happened. You've got Tom Murray and Ken Eyring. And so you've got Marilyn Todd and, and, um, and she, her and I basically, you know, um, we became, we, I, well, we became friendly and we had this little group of ladies. There was another woman named Sarah, another uh, Lisa Matthews and Lisa Mazur. And we all started talking about what was going on in Wyndham. And so, and then all these things started happening. Like people got, you know, there was, um, there was a bill being passed by Senator Bob Guida. Of course, he was integral in SB 43, you know, to get this forensic audit of what the anomaly was going on in Wyndham. But we've been talking about election stuff for a long time. We've been stolen in the state, which has to do with same day voter registrations for a long time. The AG's never done anything on it. I mean, that's Gordon McDonald. That's a huge problem. I mean, our our whole system is broken. And so you've got the governor that doubles down on this um, and says he's on record saying we're the gold standard of elections. 
So I just want to say right now that I've coined the, you know, first in the nation for fraud because that is, that's what it is. And it's been going on for a long time. A great example of this. And I spoke directly to Kelly out right in her face and said, you know, you won, you won in 2016 and you did nothing. You stayed silent because that's what I'm saying. I'm, I believe that these establishment Republicans are in on it. And, you know, she's, you call her a Republican based upon, you know, an R that's by her name, but she hasn't voted for anything conservative at all. She stabbed Trump in the back, whether you like Trump or not, who cares? It doesn't matter. She's just, she's, she was an AG in New Hampshire for, for eight years. Guess how many cases of voter fraud she looked at? Zero. And that's what I said directly to her face. The people of New Hampshire don't want you. We don't want you to run because she's going to run for something. She's yeah, doing all she's going to run for uh, governor, I think. Yeah, she's going to run for governor or whatever. She's waiting right now to see what's going to happen with the dictator, to see what happens with him. Well, he's dying right now. So hopefully she'll just go away, too, because we don't want any of these people anymore. So the, the whole college student, none of these kids have really any, any um, legal right to vote here. They, you know, that is that is that's the reason why, in a sense, Hassan won. Um, just in Durham alone, there were like thousands that yeah. came back undeliverable after that. And, you know, Ayotte won by what? Only, uh, it was like, um, excuse me, Ayotte lost by only like 1,200 or something votes, 1,100 votes. And that's why I was like, you didn't fight it. And so that's where you know all of these people. And Sununu's part of all of this clan now. So Sununu did a couple of things and no, nobody realizes it all. He actually illegally changed election law in 2018. This is the stuff that um, Daniel Richard knows and knows extremely well and brought it to the attention and all of that. And this is, you know, all of these voting things that have been going on. Um, we've just from the 19 early 1970s, we've gone all away from what it says that our constitutional right is here or based upon the New, New Hampshire Constitution and our legal right in regards with voting and those voting laws. And so um, we're way far from that now. And we've had people that have just done their own thing that have unilaterally done these things. And so then uh, Sununu basically sealed the deal for the fraud, which several other Republican governors and then a ton of Democratic governors did this as well. But the probably the best example to give for everybody knows, right, because you're not going to know New Hampshire, you get, look at Georgia. So that Republican governor did the same exact thing. Uh, in the sense of he basically sold off the top of the ticket to secure his spot and then he got the bottom of the ticket because he doesn't care about the top of the ticket because that's the that's the federal money he's controlling all the state stuff and so that's how you look at it doctor uh dr shiva in massachusetts has talked about this has he's the expert it's exactly what happened to him in the primary in massachusetts and so if you want to know the truth just Literally, you can watch a couple of his podcasts or videos in the beginning, and he speaks about it, and it's on his website, and it, and it explains it thoroughly what happened, and the same thing happened in New Hampshire. So, governor did that, and in 2020, he illegally changed election law again, and he pulled 24 legislators in, and he signed it to open up um, mail-in ballots, and so that's what happened. And so, we know there's so much fraud, and I don't want to get into that, And but this is where... Marilyn Todd, you know, when we all were working on this and all these different groups are, you know, um, are, are fighting this and getting SB 43 and you've got Bob Guida and Ken and Tom and all of these people and myself and Sarah and Lisa and Lisa, and all these unbelievable volunteers and they canvas winded them and they did all of this stuff. 
And so Marilyn's been the focal point. She's been on a lot of, um, um, gosh, tons of, tons of podcasts and videos and, you know, um, Bannon show and everything you can possibly imagine. She had Dr. Frank that came up here um, and that's done analysis on New Hampshire. Um, you know, we all of, co- of course went to the Mike Lindell event, which was in Manchester. Mike Lindell knows specifically what's going on. He's been spoken to um, um, personally. I've spoken to him personally about what's going on in New Hampshire. And so she's been vocal this entire time, very vocal with the, with the senators and the legislators, basically telling them, demanding an audit, demanding an audit, demanding an audit. We've, we've all been demanding a statewide audit. And everybody else, you know, there's a lot of mainly Republicans. They've been kind of silent on this, and um, and that's really sad. But she's not going to be really targeting his opponents who are looking into election fraud issues with arrests. This is almost the the last level or one of the last levels of despotism, as far as like Correct. on a, a state on a scale from like a, a decent politician to like Stalin or Mao or Hitler. We are getting close. I'm not saying he's killed six million people yet. But we're getting close because if you're arresting political opponents, especially targeting those who are looking into election integrity, which is, you know, obviously the way you get elected and those who are trying to find the fraud and root it out and you're arresting them, you know, that this is scary. And anyone who realizes that that this is going on is going to lose support for Sununu. But what's interesting is Sununu, who was loved by a lot of conservatives, I mean, those who really knew what was going on supported Adam Blue in the primary, but he had, he had tremendous support even a few years ago before coronavirus. Now, from just talking to people, Republicans, conservatives, libertarians, uh, independents, and even Democrats, almost nobody supports him anymore. I, besides for his own his own literal staff, like his team, I don't know if anyone sub- who supports him in the state. So I, I've heard from a lot of others that there's essentially zero support in, in among legislators, but among liberty activists, I've been going around to a lot of GOP committees the last few months everyone either hates him or dislikes him. So I don't know if anyone who still supports him. Um, but, but another interesting thing is, is the state police. And again, I've been saying this to you the last few weeks a lot. Right now, the state police are all police. The leftists hate them. Some independents like them. Some don't like them. The BLM folks don't like them. Conservatives love them, but conservatives are slowly starting to realize police are literally the number one enemy. They are the tip of the spear. So Nunu can say something, but without police, it's just some random a-hole saying things. Police enforce and obey all the laws and obey all his commands, and they are the enemy. Conservatives are slowly starting to realize police are the enemy of liberty. They are the number one enemy we should have if we want liberty. And, you know, I don't know if it's fast enough, though. In the next year, will all the conservatives in New Hampshire, which are the majority in New Hampshire, will all of them realize police are the enemy and make them realize they have no support from anyone? Because we were the last conservatives, not me, but most conservatives are the people who, you know, the last group that supports police. Are do you think that conservatives are going to make it make police realize that they no longer have support from conservatives? I don't know. You know, I was I've been thinking about that a lot since since we've talked about that. And um, and just from what happened on Wednesday, I I I got into it with um, the state troopers that were outside. So my girlfriend, um, another amazing activist, her name's Joanne, her. Um, her significant other, um, I always say her spouse, but they're not married yet, but they're engaged. Um, he was inside. And so once this whole thing happened and people started to leave, because I, when, when they dragged out that woman that was right next to me, um, you know, um, JR basically said, 
we all need, we need to leave. And um, because he felt like this was just going to continue to happen. I mean, somebody sneezed and you're going to get tapped on the shoulder to be brought out back in the, in the paddy wagon or whatever. So, um, so when we walked out, they wouldn't let anybody back in. So the whole public access went away. So they arrested, you know, you've got, you've got um, Frank and Therese, you've got AJ and Marilyn, you ha- and I should know her name. I'm sorry right now. I, I'm, um, I don't want to keep calling her um, the 70 year old woman that was right next to me. And, um, and then there was another woman too, that I watched walk in the back, but see, I didn't realize like she was getting arrested at that point either when they walked her in the back. So in any case, we walked out and they wouldn't let anybody, um, back in. And so there were one, there was four state troopers that were outside that door. And so when I I went up, Joanne had already asked, I need to go in, I need to go in. I need to talk to, um, I just kept calling it. her husband, I said, she needs to talk to him. So that's, she already asked. They said, no, they said, no. I was like, I said, I'm asking you to go in and tap and, um, and tap him on the shoulder. Like this, what I said to the state police, just tap him on the shoulder and ask him to come outside. We're not going to interrupt the meeting. We're not going to, I'm not asking you to interrupt, not asking you to do anything because from the door, you could see where he was sitting. Like you could have a, kind of like a, um, a line view of where he was. Cause he was like right in the front row. And so I said, she's pointing out where he is and you can just tap on them shoulder and ask him to come outside. She didn't want him in there anymore. She was worried that he was going to get arrested as well. In any case, they wouldn't do that. And then the state trooper says to me, we're just following orders. Mm-hmm. And then that's what I the Nazis said when they killed the Jews, they're just that's following right. Hitler's orders. And that's what I went. I literally instantly, like, it was like a freaking, a trigger <laughs> went off and I went off on him. And I, I said that I said, so, so when they, when they start, when they, you get the order to come round up people in my house, because we haven't had the injection and they're going to start stabbing stuff on our arms. Are you going to follow that order? I said, I said, it's not about following orders. You don't work for these people. You work, you're going to, you're supposed to, you're supposed to protect our rights. Do you understand mm-hmm. that you took an oath? You took an oath for the U.S. Constitution, and the New Hampshire Constitution. It has nothing to do with you following an order because you don't follow illegal orders. Did the I cop said, answer you? Oh, no, he did not. He just stared at me. And so again, I, we need to do something different. When, when the whole system is illegitimate, the dictator Sununu is illegitimate for so many reasons. The state police, again, I, as a voluntarist, I don't think the government is legitimate at all in any way. Um, but we need to do something different. If conservatives, like a lot of my, my friends who are conservative, keep flying their thin blue line flags and saying, making mm-hmm. excuses for them, the ones who are using force to arrest them and punish them and will eventually come kill them when dictator Sununu orders them... What, what if dictator Sununu orders his state cops to come and target the hundred most powerful, you know, influential liberty activists in the state, which might include you and me and, and the state police say, well, you know, just like the Nazis, we're just following orders. So we're going to go kill you because it's just following orders. It's not my fault. And they kill us. Then what, what will our neighbors do say, oh, well, the cops just followed their orders. So we can't blame the cops. Sununu, we can't blame him because he was duly elected. So we can't blame anyone. So it's fine if they kill me. So again, I've been thinking last few days about how it happened. My great-grandfather was in Austria, and he fled because he started to get a bad, paranoid feeling about Hitler rising to power in the 30s. We left Austria, went to Israel, and then to the United States. So, you know, his, his same thing. His neighbors and friends called him paranoid in the 1930s when my great-grandfather left. Why, you know, Hitler's not that bad. The Nazis are great. They're just following orders. They're so polite because Germans are polite, you know, much more so than our than our uh, 
enforcers. And, you know, he was paranoid, but you have to, when you get a bad feeling, you've got to do something about it. And a lot of his friends and neighbors just stood idly by and made excuses for them. Why are we making excuses for them? And conservatives need to do something different. I want to see everyone in this fight. When we go to these rallies, I want to see everyone take off their thin blue line stickers, their thin blue line shirts and hats and flags and everything. We go to these protests. It kills me. We go to the protests and they're still flying the American flag, which represents Biden and DC politicians. They're still flying thin blue line flags, which represents the literal enforcer and Nazi scum who are using guns and force to punish us based on the dictator's orders. That's what I don't get. And I think we need to start doing something different. Let's call them Nazis or pigs. You know, it's that simple. I don't, I don't like using the word pigs. Back when I was conservative, I used to hate it because I was offended by it. But Me too. if, if they're know. going to violate our rights using guns, force, you know, using force to punish us based on just whatever dictator Sununu says, we need to start calling, we need to start hurting their feelings a little bit. And again, I know cops, they're humans, they have feelings. When they're on duty, they pretend they don't, but they, they're humans. If we only, if every, the Democrats already do, if every conservative also starts referring to cops as pigs or fascists or Nazis or scum or armed enforcers, that may have an impact. We have to do something different. Yeah, I know. It's, um, and I hate that. Like, I hate even, I, I hate even hearing it. Like, I hate hearing you say it because I'm, I was the same way. And um, there's, there are so many people that I know that are, for example, in the military and National Guard. And um, I met an amazing um, Manchester um, PD officer that um, she was probably in her late 20s, early 30s. And so, you know, she was basically, even though they weren't forced, quote unquote, forced to go get um, the injection, they, she, um, they, they were bullied, they were shamed. And mm-hmm. so she did. And she's been vaccine injured ever since she got the jab. And she has many other stories of these law enforcement officers in there. They've turned. See, that's the whole thing. I actually believe that um, I, 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 I have to believe I'm just going to say I have to believe that the majority of them are not on his side either. But what if they're going to still follow orders? Is that woman that I I've heard like, that have- that the overwhelming majority of state cops do not want to get the vaccine and also happen to hate Sununu and don't support him at all. But 100 percent of them follow orders. And again, I'm going to say they, they seem like pussies right now. If they're going to follow yeah. orders, even though they don't like him, then what the hell are they doing? They should all resign or arrest him. He is a dictator, criminal, violent scum who needs to be in prison. And if, if they're not going to arrest him or resign, if they can't do either one, then then they're all they're all pussies. That's all I have to say about it, because, you know, it, like they want to do something for a while. Go, the time I, yeah. is over. We can't play games anymore. I agree. We have to go after to whoever that um, they've said his name multiple times and I'm forgetting right now, but the head of the state police as well, the New Hampshire state police, they have to go after that chief. He, they have to go after him as well. But I wonder, I, I'd love to know how many, I don't even know what those numbers are. How many state troopers are there in the state, right? So just that day alone, there was more, there had to have been more than, uh, I would say more than 50. Um, if you include one, the ones in the back and just hearing those numbers, because I don't know, I would say at least, you know, 45 to 50 Scary. state troopers state. were there. Yeah. In that for that for a public meeting, an executive council meeting, just state troopers, that doesn't include the other law enforcement that were there. So w- how many are there? How, and all of those people just sat idly by. I do know that there was one state trooper that was speaking um, that was kind of outside of the fray outside that kind of stayed outside that was away from the paddy wagon stuff that was speaking with one of the patriots and was appalled but but they didn't stand up and stop it you know what i mean so it's kind of like 
yeah, if you're just going to go along to get along, it just can't, we have to, there's going to have to, there has to be a different tactic at this point. I think I'm just going to start referring to them as Nazis. I hate doing (laughs) it, but you know, we have to do something different. We have to make them realize they don't have our support and they can resign or they can turn around and arrest Sununu because it's scary. I'm losing faith. Sununu can seriously say, and I'm not joking. He can say, go, he can direct them to go to my house and put a bullet in my head and your house and Therese and Frank and the others. And they will do it without even, you know, thinking about it. They'll do it without, without hesitation. And it, that's scary. They, they can do this again. People, everyone says it's crazy until it happens. We all said a mask mandate was crazy until it happened. We all said police arresting political opponents of a dictator is crazy until it happened. So I'm going to say right now, it's crazy. It's it might sound crazy for him to send cops to our houses to kill us, you know, or kidnap us and throw us in a cage forever. But once it happens, then it'll be too late to talk about whether it's crazy because it'll be too late. So, you know, when you're on cattle cars, it's too late to fight. So you got to fight before then. It's and there's been a lot of scary. ugly stuff. You're right. You're right. There's been a lot of ugly stuff that's gone on in this state for a very, very long time. And, 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 po- and people don't know. People have no idea because, of course, we have, um, besides, we ha- besides the dictator that's controlling all three branches of government, he's also controlling, he has been for the last, you know, five years or since, you know, pretty much 2016, he's been controlling the entire narrative. So when it's New Hampshire Journal, which is really Sununu Journal, when it's NHPR, when it's Concord Monitor, Seacoast Online, WMUR, iHurst Media, so, um, you know, Jack Heath, all of them, even the Howie Carr Show thinks that, you know, he's something special because he's been on there. He's, he's controlling the entire narrative. And then the worst of them all is the New Hampshire GOP. So you've got this establishment swamp that still will not say boo about him do you know that they haven't come out that these are supposed to be the conservatives right they haven't even come out with a statement because they're so they're so concerned about protecting their own that they don't i mean they don't they don't care well it's complicated they don't like him but it's hard to publicly oppose your own party dictator but you know what he the last few days in unprecedented fashion has totally thrown the new hampshire gop under the bus not radicals like you and me that i expect but he said the New Hampshire GOP, the establishment, the centrist, the moderate, the broad, entire New Hampshire GOP should go screw itself and go to hell and die. That's, that's what right. Because the media, he said, that's Ted right. Gatsis, you know, the ultimate centrist centrist. He's not even a Republican. Gatsis is a centrist. Um, uh, Kenny and Stevens, I don't know them, but they're either moderate or centrist Republicans. They're not very conservative. Right. He said mm-hmm. they are all crazy, radical COVID deniers, crazy scumbag, extremist scum who doesn't represent my party and are psychopaths living in fantasy land. That's pretty much what yeah, he said. And that's he his, said I know, and that's, verbatim. <laughs> and that's his executive counsel. So besides that, he's done that. So he all started this whole thing with because he thought this he thought he was going to use his, um, you know, his executive authority, his his strong arm. Right. And he did that with rep. Um, with Rep. Ken Weiler. So he does it with removing someone that has been vocal. He's, you know, he's a house rep. Um, he's, he's been vocal about COVID, right? And he's, you know, he's he basically, Sununu said he's spread these uh, emails and things like that and spread, you know, uh, propaganda and lies and conspiracy theories and all of that. It's just, it's unbelievable. And then removes him from the chair of the finance and fiscal committee, because that was the next arm of this to get money in. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to remove this guy. And he gets national attention for it. He literally is going attacking his own. So just like you would, right. You're attacking like the birds that attack that, you know, eat their own young. It's the same thing 
that what Sununu is doing. So that's what looks so bad for him because he started to do it with a quote unquote Republican, which is Rep Weiler. And there you go. Now, but that you said it's sad that the New Hampshire GOP won't condemn him. He has condemned them, but they won't condemn him. Correct. So this is what I'm saying. It's it's insanity. And we already know what 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 Sununu has done. So this is another thing about just being an insider person or whatever. And if you look at just the delegates, if you look at all of these people that are chairs and all of that and all the delegates in regards with the RC, which is the, you know, the Republican committees um, in the state and then New Hampshire GOP, which they're, you know, they're connected, but not connected, whatever. Um, you know, Chris Ager and all those types. Um, they are, you know, a lot of them just stay quiet and whatever, but most of them, um, there's a petition that went around, which was fantastic. And there's probably about, I think there's like 400 and some odd delegates, but they, um, they got like, I think it was like, um, it was sent to, yeah, I think they got like almost 200 signers or something like that. It's pretty great. And it was to, to pretty much remove the chair and the vice chair of the New Hampshire GOP. Uh, which is, you know, Stepanak and, and, and Tucker and um, saying that they're that they're useless. So the, the Sununu is it's not even that we don't call it the New Hampshire GOP anymore. We call it the Sununu GOP because he takes his minion, who is a, an employee. This is a guy that I met, you know, um, right when he started in, in the office. His name's Elliot Galt. He's this, um, you know, he was we thought this really nice guy. Right. He's turned into this literally another psychopath. And. He goes and works for Sununu, this guy, Elliot. Then he leaves Sununu, right? He leaves his position at Sununu and he goes to work for the New Hampshire GOP. And then he goes back and he works for Sununu again. And then he's still on the board or he's like on the board with the New Hampshire GOP as secretary or whatever. New Hampshire GOP and Sununu are the same for sure. Exactly. And so, and then you have things that go on, like where Sununu takes money out of his, uh, out of his own campaign funding and, and siphons it in and it's a line item in the New Hampshire GOP for like 400000 Because all the money that comes in from the New Hampshire GOP, how they're raising money and all of this stuff, is basically the only, the only, um, the only purpose that they are is to raise money so that they can look like they're raising money for candidates and so then they can get the national money. That's how it works. So okay. if Stepanak's not raising the money, then, right, it doesn't look good. So Sununu throws $400,000 in the line item, or I think that was the amount. And then it looks like, oh, wow, you know, uh, you know, Stepanak's doing a good job. And then what happens? Then, the, you know, they get the money in from National. And what does Sununu do? He pulls that 400000 back and he puts it back into his own, um, his own personal fundraising. This is what I'm saying. This is the cabal. You know, me even coming out with all this kind of stuff is crazy. And I thought that these were good people. I really did. But once you once you kind of go down that rabbit hole, you never go back. I want to say one thing, because this if this podcast gets any sort of traction at all and with um, with some patriots around New Hampshire is all you need to look at is certain things in our history. You have to. And that's where like Gatsis and all that. He's he's old school. He's old school corruption in Manchester, mm-hmm. money laundering and all of that. You've got people like Mike Gill that came out with it and got ran out of town. I mean, that literally lost millions for exposing the kind of corruption that we're talking about here. Um, you know, when uh, when um, when uh, I'm trying to think of when it was, I think it was in 20. I think it was in 2018 or 2019 when um, when Trump said that New Hampshire is a drug infested den. Well, he was right because he knew he knew what was going on. He knew was the fentanyl and all that stuff coming into this state. 
I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that have made a lot of money on that other. Um, yeah. Oh my God. That you can't even imagine in, in, in New Hampshire. I it's, thought look, a mayor being involved in the drug trade was only in Massachusetts. No, that's in New, that's in New Hampshire too. So, I mean, there's just so much that's gone on. In so with all the corruption freaking- you, you know about and just all this effed up stuff and how pretty much anyone in politics long enough after a few years becomes totally corrupt. How, how could you not be a libertarian or voluntarist? Um, I agree. I agree. And insane. look at, look at, um, and this is the thing is there's uh, over the last couple of years, especially when it was, when COVID started to begin. So in, in, in 2019 and in 2020, the amount of people that just all of a sudden went missing in this state, um, in Nashua, for example, Nashua is like the epitome of corruption. Um, you know, people get arrested at, at their town hall for doing a 91A request. I mean, that's what's going on. We're talking about police and corruption and all of that in Nashua. Oh my God, school boards, the whole nine yards, city council. Just, and again, it, police it, are the ones who enabled us. Without police existing, Sununu could not physically, you know, uh, kidnap me and put me in a cage. So you, again, you have a lot of influence with a lot of conservatives in the state. Why don't you lead a, the biggest anti-police movement in the universe? You can do it and you can save the state. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. I, um, every person who was arrested anti, was arrested by who? See, I'm, do you know what I am? Police. I'm anti, I'm anti-corruption. I'm anti, I'm anti-bad police. I'm anti-anybody like that is that I'm all about the truth. And that's and nearly the every thing. single cop in the state like is, is corrupt because they work for the politicians. I, I, exactly. So to me, to be honest, it's when I, I've been saying this so much for the last couple of weeks or whatever. And, and when you talk about politics right politics if you don't want to get involved in politics you have to be involved in politics everything's politics right but it's not party that's the whole thing you talk about republican you talk they're about all Democrats. Scumbags, i know that's right they're two wings of they're two opposite wings of the same shitbird. Okay. it is time that no more of that that's the whole thing you got to look at people's record you got to look at what they've done you've got to look at how they treat people you've got to look at i mean truly their values like a great example is did those counselors do the right thing? Wheeler's the best out of all of them that's on there, okay? The rest of them, deek. And Wheeler hurt, has hurt us with several, with several votes, mm-hmm. but that's okay, whatever. So Wheeler is actually the one that got into a whole fight. I don't know if you've watched it. We were already removed from the room when they did vote four to, four to one. You know, we got all of the Republicans voted against, you know, the 27 million. And then you got Cind Warmington, who is the, um, you know, she's the true Nazi in the room and she votes for that money to come in. So, but you should have seen the interaction that took place between Wheeler and Sununu. Oh my gosh. I it saw a was bit of on, the video clip, I think. Oh, it was on fire. Thank God for him. Finally. Mm-hmm. Like this is what we've needed though. And this is what I say to people. There's that we've, we've needed this a year and a half ago. And you know, there's been many people that have stood up for it and have been silenced or whatever, or you're going to get arrested and all those types of things. But I'm actually concerned for people's safety. I just want to, if, you know, if we're getting to the end of this, I want to do a shout out for someone that um, I I knew of, I didn't know him well. I knew his, um, I knew his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend, actually. She was, you know, um, he was, he was her best friend for, for like 12 years. And so this was a guy that lived in Nashua. It was a, um, a, just a total patriot and, um, and truth teller and really wanted to expose a lot of the corruption that was going on locally in Nashua and then just in the state as well. His name is Greg Serby. 
he was a Ron Paul guy and a Rand Paul guy and um, just just absolutely uh, fantastic. And so he went missing at the beginning of 2020 in January, I think it was, right? Um, yeah, or, or actually, um, yeah, it was early January. And then, so he was missing for um, like five to six weeks. Well, he had a meeting supposedly, you know, with the FBI to uncover some stuff. And just so you know, there's been many people that have had those meetings or tried to have those meetings to uncover some major corruption in our state. And they all of a sudden go missing or they have to relocate somewhere and they can't tell you where they live anymore. The same thing happened with Mike Gill. You don't know where he lives because- It's sounding more and more like KGB type stuff. I know. So Greg, Greg didn't kill himself. Greg wound up in the Merrimack. And so, you know, whatever it was, five weeks later. And you know what? The no Merrimack one talked River? about. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Um, you know, he, he lived alone. I have a family. And so, and I have a lot of people that know. I've told a lot of people about stuff like that. I have shared Greg's story a gazillion times, but that is what we should be talking about. You know what else we should be talking about? We should be talking about the 50 years of abuse and, and literally in rape and, and the sick, the most sick things that you could ever imagine in your entire life that happened at the Sununu Youth Service Center. I grew up in Manchester. That was called YDC, which was the Youth Detention Center. And then, you know, um, Papa Sununu gets, you know, accolades or whatever for redoing that whole building. I wonder what happened with those contracts and all of that to make that the millions of dollars to make that youth detention center this beautiful, you know, location. When they uncovered this more than, um, oh my gosh, it was more than 200 different employees that literally beaten and raped and they actually had kids fighting each other for food. I, I, we are talking about the atrocities that you can't even imagine, like a, a freaking horror film that went on for over 50 years at the Sununu Youth Service Center in Manchester. And you know what? You know what the governor did? at a Republican caucus, by the way, just so you know, it's not on video, so nobody can see this, except for the Republicans in the room. He said he wanted to burn that place down. Really, Governor Sununu? Why do you want to burn it down? What has been going on there for 50 years? You're telling me, do you know how much money the state has got? We have taken so many kids in from, other, from Vermont and from other places, and then we've, we've shut them into that youth, det- youth detention center. I mean, there is a story there that you can't even imagine. And you know what? Those those uh, Republicans, they can't bury it fast enough. OK, Kelly, you have, you have so much to say. It's literally been an hour already and I want to keep you on for 10 more hours, but I can't because I have no. stuff to do and you have <laughs> yeah. stuff to do. But OK, I'm going to ask you for a, a tremendous favor. I think because you have so much to say, you need to write a book about all the corruption in New Hampshire over the, or now and over the last few years and decades. I will help. And you I'll need help. I'll need. Yep. And I would need help and sources for that. So because I, you know, some of this is, uh, yeah, I would need. Yeah. Would, would you consider I, writing a book? Yeah, I think we should. I think awesome. we should yeah, I'll, I'll help you. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, we're both already targets. And if you write a book like, you know, you'll be really a target and they might, you know, actually kill you. But I think it's pretty <laughs> important. Yep. Uh, I always. Yeah, there was already one point in time that I um, I was on my way and I was publishing it for everybody to go to a New Hampshire committee, of safety meeting. That's the Daniel Richard. Who's, who's got a lawsuit against um, who, who basically against the, the state government right now. He's also got another lawsuit that we're going to be filing against Sununu as well. So there's, 
he's been a target for quite some time. And um, when I was coming back from a meeting with him and made that meeting public, which we want to get all of this, all of these folks together in a uh, New Hampshire Committee of Safety constitutional version of taking our government or actually making building our own government, basically saying, see, we don't want to participate in what you're doing anymore. We're going to create our own. And this is a, you know, a constitutional version of this. And uh, I was literally, um, there was a person that had dark windows in the whole nine yards and I, they weaved out in and out of lanes. And I'm like, well, it looks like they're coming. I thought I was going to get pulled over, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a police car. Not that it looked like anyway. And they came out right beside me and they almost ran me off the road. This was off of 293. And literally by the grace of God, I didn't hit that guardrail. I, and I pulled back out in the lane. There was a lot of traffic and I followed them. So and we're all targets. The like they, they yep, know us. I'm telling you and- right now. They know us very well, so but I don't care anymore because I know God's going to protect me, and I know He's going to protect. Um, I know He's going to protect these these patriots and these truth tellers because you know what people need to know what the hell's going on here because before you know it we're not going to have anything anymore and I'm not gonna I'm not going to let them take me and we've also oh, to end this there's been a lot of conversation that's happened where messages are going to to Therese and a lot of other people about having. And I think we need this. I think we need the people that believe in the First and Second Amendment in the state. Um, they need to freaking rise up. They need to stand up. And there's been a, there's many, 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 um, uh, you know, um, gun owners here, here in the state. A, a lot of, um, you know, constitutional men that have stayed very, very quiet um, because they haven't come to take their stuff yet. And so I think I think we don't have time for them to stay quiet anymore. And I think it's I think we should have. You know, I've called it the 603 Truth Rally, and I think we should do that. I think we should have people that believe in First and Second Amendment rights, and I, I think we should. I think it's time. I think before Christmas, we freaking we get all we get thousands of people here. I'm always up for a big gun rights rally at the state house. Let's do it. Force. I love it. Let's do it. Okay, <laughs> right you on go the state work on the book, and I'll try to organize this rally. All right, all right, sounds good. Okay. How can people find out more about you or uh, follow all the good work you're doing? Um, gosh, well, I mean, they can always, um, I'm the, I didn't talk about this because this is like, you know, the politics and all that don't fall into it, but, uh, I am the official state leader for make Americans free again. And that is, um, that's a, a national movement. It is not another group to join or whatever. It's where you build your community and you raise money for lawsuits, um, to try to take things back. And, um, a lot of it has to do with the medical tyranny that we've been experiencing. You know, it took us more than 50 years to get into this. It's going to take us a lot longer to get out of it. People want to, people want somebody to save them. Nobody's going to save them. You're going to have to save yourself and build like-minded communities, you know, have, you know, have your own little weekly meetings and all of that, but make Americans free again. Um, you know, I'm the New Hampshire chapter leader. We'll have a website um, that's going to be built through um, PM Popper's organization fairly soon. Um, you can get, you can get um, a hold of me through my email address, which is Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y dot Potenza, P-O-T-E-N-Z-A at gmail.com. And then, um, and that's it really for the most part. And then of course we've got a give, send, go going right now. So it's, um, it's a give, send, go page. And it says help New Hampshire help NH9, give, send, go, help NH9. And, um, and then for those, for those people that were arrested, I just put a random amount on there. All the money's going to go towards either, you know, a group 
uh, lawsuits so they can um, fight that wrongful arrest and everything else. But um, we've got over $7,000 in it right now. So um, and it has my name on it. And of course, a um, an email address, which is firesununu at gmail.com. So you can definitely get a hold of me that way. <laughs> firesununu. Oh, do you ever make that website for impeach Sununu? Oh, so we are doing that. So um, my uh, my very good friend, Wes Chapman, he's, he's working on that as well. So we have all the domains. So we will have a impeachsununu.com website up hopefully within days. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. I'll put all those links, especially the gifts and go. I'll put the links in the show notes. Okay. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.